You're listening to Visions of Education, a podcast where we take a look at big ideas in education from different perspectives. Hi, I'm Michael Milton, a high school teacher from Massachusetts. And I'm Dan Kretka, an education professor in Texas. We're here to help bridge the gap between educators in the K-12 and those professors in higher ed. We hope this podcast will help bring those fuzzy ideas in education into focus. So, okay, I think this is the uh, kind of official start of the podcast. Michael, you want to? Sure. So my name is Michael Milton. I am one of the members of Visions of Education. I'm a high school social studies teacher from Burlington, Massachusetts. I teach world and U.S. history. I'm also a hot air balloon enthusiast. Very good. I thought that, that was important yeah. to note. It's come, <laughs> it's come up a couple times in episodes before. I really um, do like hot air. I did it one time. And if it were more, so, more socially acceptable, I would do it more often. <laughs> and we, had a, we actually discussed a social studies issue based on hot air ballooning. If you listen to it, it was on indigenous sovereignty. What happens if you land on the land of an indigenous nation? And so that was a social studies issue we were able to explore because Michael likes hot air balloons. So. Um, my name is Dan Kretka. I'm also, Michael and I have the Visions of Education podcast. We met through Twitter, so we're very connected in this. We're both SS Chat moderators, which means we help to organize weekly chats on Twitter that have been going on for a, a long time, and Chris Hitchcock also does that. I, am a, I was a former uh, high school social studies teacher. I taught high school in Oklahoma City, and I've been a college professor since 2011. I don't know how I got so old. It's happened really, really quickly. Um, but a student, a master student last night at one of our socials said she thought I was 30. But so <laughs> I was very, that was a very good moment for me, and I asked her to repeat a couple of um, Much closer to 40. So, um, but uh, yeah, I've been working with Michael in the Visions of Education. I'm a professor at the University of North Texas, so it was just a, um, a drive. I hitched a ride. I don't own a car. So that's very rare for people in Texas. See, see if you see any other people, because I want to be friends with them. We can talk about our hardships. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amy Presley. I'm also a high school social studies teacher. I teach at Broken Arrow High School, which is just outside Tulsa. Um, I met a few of you a couple weeks ago uh, at the Oklahoma State Conference. I met all three of them via Twitter, and actually all three of you for the first time in person at NCSS well, in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Did you go to St. Louis? No, I wasn't okay, there. Okay, I know I met the two of them at St. Louis. So it's mm -hmm. like NCSS is great because of, of the networking of it. Any other? Any crazy hobby. Well, I, I have no hobbies. I'm in grad school. <laughs> um, I'm Chris Hitchcock. I teach world history for an online private high school that is affiliated with Indiana University. And I am part of the Talking Social Studies podcast with Amy and... Scott Padway and Chris Heffernan. And we'll talk a little bit more later in the session about how we do that, but all four of us are in different states and put a podcast mm. together. So that's kind of interesting. And mm -hmm. makes that's for, the fun part. Yeah, interesting logistics at times. And yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't really have any interesting hobbies or anything. I like to read. Which a lot. You read a lot. A lot. Like, like, look at her Twitter account. She recommends like books like daily. I'm like, did you read another book today? It's it's like really impressive. So I don't know how Chris accomplishes so much. I should have worn my book nerd t-shirt today, but so this this session is titled podcasting in the social studies and we thought it was appropriate to record a podcast and do it in the spirit of podcasts as a way to kind of give you an example of what we do. So um, we can see here that, and I know you can choose multiple options for how you use or in what ways you use podcasts. So it looks like 
Our biggest group is other, 35.7%. And then we have professional development for yourself, for teachers, um, that was 33%. And then we go to content delivery for students. So it sounds like people are using podcasts in the classroom as well. Um, and then to share information with your school community, with teachers, departments, et cetera. And then there are 7%, the little green wedge, the smallest one is people creating con um, podcasts themselves or having their students do it. I'm curious what other is. That could be all kinds of things. Yeah. Entertainment. Anybody, uh, anybody want to share an other? I listened to a podcast about Veronica Mars. <laughs> I really like Veronica Mars. Uh, I don't know who that is. Who is oh, she's a detective, a high school detective. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. I also like this on this poll, you can vote as many times as you want, right? Vote early, vote often. Right. There you go. It's a good social studies experience. Oh, that could be good. Yeah, right. Play podcasts for your pets. I often think like if the if like, you know, there's we have like a zombie apocalypse, I hope I have a couple podcasts saved that I can just listen to human voices over and over. Um. That could be in other category. <laughs> Yeah, but no, like when you're gone, your pets, it's soothing yeah. for them to hear. Mm -hmm. I know people leave the TV on. Yeah, so if you want to up our streaming numbers, you can play the Visions of Education <laughs> podcast for your pets. They love it. We've actually modified our voices for, for pet ears. That's so, yeah. yeah. true. So, okay, so we have up the outline for this session. For people that are listening to this, if you go to bit.ly, L-Y, slash N-S-S-S-A, pod slides. Nissa. pod slides then you can look at the slides that we have for this session we'll also put those in our show notes on ours i don't we're i'm gonna learn how you guys do yours i don't actually know what you i just listen on the app but so this is kind of we just want to go through the you know why do we pod podcast who do we podcast for chris was grammatically said we had to get that correct i just had i didn't have the four on that part and she i know very teachery move so <laughs> Um, what do we podcast? When do we do it? And how do we podcast? And so we're going to kind of walk through all the sides of this. And so if, if there's, you know, you're thinking like, I don't know if I want to start a podcast or I don't want to, we're going to cover everything. There's a lot of angles to this and there's a lot of ways students can do it. So we'll walk through a lot of this in this session in podcasting form. So one thing I just want to say, just kind of starting off is a podcast. Yeah, don't have pictures usually. Right. And we have slides here. So it's kind of an interesting way to think about it. But there's one interesting thing about podcasts is um, my wife tells me like when I'm listening to podcasts, I walk around and I listen to podcasts constantly. I have so many I listen to. I not only produce one, but I'm constantly listening to them. And I sometimes walk around the house and I'm just like smiling and she's just like, why are you smiling? You look so stupid. Right? <laughs> I'm like, thank you, wife. No, my wife's very kind. But, she, you know, she tells me that. But I think there's something about listening to people have conversations oftentimes and some of the informal ones. And I listen to ones that are like really well produced. And then I listen to other teacher ones that they just record it. They don't do any editing and they post it up. But I, I just really enjoy it. And so I hope while you're sitting here, you can kind of relax and sit back and think about like I do it a lot when I'm when I'm driving, when I'm folding my laundry, you know, when I'm getting ready in the morning. And so I think there's something really aesthetic about just hearing people talk about things and it, it doesn't feel like I'm working. It feels like my friends are explaining to me how I can be a better teacher or how I can learn more history and things like that. And so I hope during this session, um, even though it's a little different and we have a couple of visuals, you'll be able to kind of feel a little bit of that. But if you have never thought of it like that, I think, you know, that's something interesting. We'd love to hear feedback from you too on how you feel and why you do listen to podcasts or why you don't. Um, and I think for me, that's one thing I always think of. And I think it's interesting as well to, if you use podcasts with your students, 
ask them what it's like to listen without having visuals associated with it. They're so used to watching videos um, on demand with YouTube and things like that, that, you know, when they're just, they just have to listen mm -hmm. and that's all they focus on. And that can also lead to an interesting discussion or planning if you were having students create podcasts. You know, how is that different if you're putting together for people to just listen to and not read or not have visuals associated with it? It's a different, you know, it's kind of that, that audience piece of writing, yeah. but you're going to be speaking it and conveying emotion and drama and that kind of thing just with your voice. And I think that's something that that can be a really cool thing for them to think about and try to accomplish. There's a great history connection there too, right? To think about the shift from radio as a primary medium that people started to take in radio and text to TV. And uh, I often do activities with my students based on Marshall McLuhan's work. Marshall McLuhan was a media theorist who did the medium is the message. And so one thing he, he talked about is how mediums change the way we learn and understand things. And so a lot of political ads or commercials are great examples. Print out the text of a political ad or a commercial and give it to your students and have them read it. Separated from like the video and the music and everything else, it's often nonsense, right? Like most ads are just nonsense. And what TV is meant to do is wash over you, right? It's just to give you feelings. I think radio is a little bit less of that because the visuals are, are less often. You don't have as much music like with, with you know, talking podcasts and stuff. And so it's a very different experience. So you can even think about podcasting and you the stuff they watch on YouTube and the other things is different media forms and there's good historical connections too. That's not very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Dan and I have a podcast called Visions of Education. If you want to subscribe, feel free to do so. That'd be nice. You can also, we usually say this at the end of our podcast, you can also give us a five give star us a blind five star review right oh, yeah. now. And we say this sillingly, you think we want like we need this like validation or something. What it does is it actually moves our podcast up in the algorithmic rankings and makes it easier for teachers to find. So we try to like get over like self-promotion and just say if, you, if people ever do that, it's really helpful to us and it makes it easier when people search for it, it's higher on the list. So darn Apple algorithms, they, they kind of get us there. But you can see we're on almost all of the major places you get podcasts. You should be able to find Visions of Education. That's true. We started, geez, actually, I have no idea. 2016. 2016. Yeah, I think April of 2016. But you called me in like October and you were like, Michael, do you want to make a podcast? It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> still he weird. says I was nervous. He says I was yeah. nervous. Doing no, I'm you were like, nervous. you were setting it up like, you're like, are you sitting down? <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, okay, sure. And then you're like, I have a question. It did take you away. Like you built up to it. And then you said, do you want to do a podcast? And I said yes right away. And then we spent a lot of time like researching, trying to figure out how do we do this? What do we need? What is our, oh, our title? That was like, we have a whole, we have a whole like, I think we have like 25 different titles that we played around with. There's a spreadsheet or there's a doc somewhere. And finally, we settled on this. And so our purpose was to bring, so obviously I teach high school and Dan teaches at university level. And the purpose of it was to bring uh, the two groups of people together, classroom teachers and university professors, to talk about research. So typically what happens is uh, a teacher or a professor will talk about stuff that they've done, research that they've done. They'll tell a little, they'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll talk about the implication of that for the classroom to kind of bring those groups together. It's been kind of a fun thing. It's I, been fun. Yeah. 
It's, it's my favorite. I always tell people it's my favorite pro professional development. You know, we learn so much when we do each episode. It's kind of cute, though. The first episodes, we, first two episodes, we just interviewed each other to, like, practice. And we put them up. You can listen to them. Like, I would not start on episode one. I would maybe move forward a few. But <laughs> yeah. if you want to. So we learned by just, we interviewed each other. And we have a really simple format. It's a three-question format that we use. We usually do a silly intro. We don't put much planning into it. So when you listen to them, it's very conversational. But we think about what's our topic and what we like. It. And then we ask, we have our guests on and we ask them, you know, can you tell us about your yourself and your background in education? So we get to know the guests a little bit. Then we they they talk about their big idea. And so if we have professors, they often have an area of research that they've been working on or a paper they've published. Or if it's teachers, they often have been like working on specific lessons or a strategy for the classroom. And so they talk about that. And then we just always try to finish with like, what's the takeaway? Like, what can people do with your work? What can teachers do? What could researchers do? And we start to try to make those next steps. And so it's been really good and, and the conversations flow like really well generally yeah. and we just do follow-up questions and bad jokes in between. Sometimes, yeah, our little introductions, sometimes people don't always like them. Uh, <laughs> our guests don't, <laughs> they think they're silly. <laughs> One particular guest thought it was very silly and she was mad. Well, she no, she thought, so I know what episode <laughs> you're talking about. Um, I don't know if she'll listen to this, but she thought his metaphor wasn't a good metaphor for research. Right, so you made a meta like a VCR, like big broken VCR, and she's like, it's broken well, it's really thing. not like that. Yeah, she's not like a burger. So people uh, generally, <laughs> Debbie we, Reese. Then we kept going back and back to it, and I think she was. Mad. <laughs> we often have a theme that we kind of come back to in our sessions sometimes. So, um, so how, here's how kind of our our process I think for our podcast is that we we actually are partners with the National Council for the Social Studies, and when they have NCSS publications, uh, we. Um, have invite people on. We can't do everybody because that's a lot. So we usually pick one person per episode, per, per issue of social social education, middle level learner, and social studies in the young learner. So that's where we find them. We also invite people on that we like know or hear about or we think have really interesting ideas. So we do have some freedom that way. Yeah. And then we have uh, guests on from theory and research in social education, which is the kind of the premier social studies research journal that's sponsored by CUFA, which is having its meetings around the college and university faculty assembly, which is part of NCSS. It's the, essentially, if you don't know about it, it's the research arm of NCSS. Um, and so, yeah, we have those, those people on and then, you know, sometimes we've read their work and sometimes we haven't, but sometimes we just read a good book. I read uh, Never Caught oh, right, yeah, for episode 93. It was, it's about Ona Judge who was enslaved by George Washington. I thought it was really fascinating and a good way to uh, teach slavery through the story of Ona Judge who went through, she was in Southern slavery, then in Philadelphia where most black people at that time were free, and then was in New York where a lot of the people were enslaved in homes. And so it was these three different kind of sides. So I thought it was so good. And then we had her on and I was really nervous during that one because oh, I just I read her Oh, I was actually book. going on hair. I, I was going hot air ballooning. And so I couldn't be there for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is That's true. Right. It's This real. is true. I was supposed to. But then there was an issue with my flight. And there's a big balloon fiesta in Albuquerque. And so we went up. And so uh, I was there for the introduction, but I went up hot air ballooning after. So our, our show definitely has some themes. The first and foremost is we're a social studies podcast. I mean, mo we're both social studies background. That's kind of where our hearts are. Um, but when we first did it, we didn't want to limit ourselves. So that's why the title is not like 
social studies visions or something like that. We wanted to be able to branch out and think more broadly about education, but we definitely have social studies. Yeah. Uh, my area of research is tech, technology and social media, especially about like how we teach about those things. So we have uh, some episodes on that. Like we had a, a, an episode uh, fairly recently about personal data literacies. And it's a lot about like, how do we teach students about their data that's collected? Oh, that was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And she's from Australia, which was cool. Because I, I like Australian accents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at the time difference was something there. It was a different day when we recorded. Yeah, that which one. is always weird. Yeah. I don't understand time zones. Yeah, she said. Like, theoretically, I do. But in reality, I think it's ridiculous. We said Lucy Pangratu as her name. And we said that to her. And she says, yeah, I'm in the future. I can't, that's, I can't do an Australian accent. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, and so and then we do issues around social justice. We really think the social studies curriculum for a long time has been focused very much on kind of, you know, Eurocentric perspectives. Mm -hmm. And we really want to rethink what social studies can potentially be um, through episodes like, for example, telling Ona Judge's story. We teach about George Washington. But if we do believe that, you know, uh, everybody's story, we should center different stories and we should understand different perspectives of socialism. We have to think about that. And so we like to tell that story from it. And we have a lot of people who have had cool, I mean, we were just talking earlier today and just saw Chris Busey in oh, the yeah. hallway. That was and really he cool. did a, a critical black patriotism episode when we think about what patriotism it is. I highly recommend it. Actually, just go talk to him too. Yeah, he's, he's here. He's here somewhere. He's nearby. But so when he talks about what it is, it's a very different vision of what patriotism is and a different way of thinking about it, which, yeah. you know, as a white guy with a beard. Yeah, we're two um, bearded white guys. I know. We thought about that. That was a possible name for the podcast, too. Two really guys. early on, like we're that was <laughs> it didn't last. It no, not. no. So so that's that's kind of what our podcast is, is and we've enjoyed it. We are one hundred and twenty. We're about to one hundred twenty. Oh, our editor is here. Yes, we, we should recently give a got an editor. We should give a shout out to Zach for all our editing. Now, if you're clapping, you really actually didn't have to clap because we did editing for no pay for our entire times. And then NCSS started sponsoring us and they pay Zach. I was like, this isn't fair. So we get an editor and then he gets paid. So, But Zach is amazing because he's a doc student, a full-time teacher, and edits our podcast and also plays with his dog. Every day. Every day. So, so this is an example of uh, our show notes. So this was episode 106, Get Ink Redesign Just Right. So these are the folks who are in it. And then at the bottom, you see the show notes that uh, they help put us together. We hope that people utilize these. So it's not just listening, but if you want to like get into more of what's going on, you can go to these show notes. Uh, oftentimes, we'll link to other episodes we've done on it. Or if they've done research, we'll have links to that. So this way, you can go beyond just the podcast. If you hit the next one. Yeah, and that was a great, and Wayne Jernell there, he's the editor of Theory and Research and Social Education. All these folks are, I think, in rooms right next to us right now. Yeah. Fair this enough. is our most recent episode, uh, an anti approach to civic education. And again, very similar. We have the image and then we have the, the resources that... Leilani Sabzalian. She, this was one of my favorite episodes. It's just our last one. And you know, it's funny because we record these. I went back and listened to it right after to think about how to do it for my class. So right when it was up, I was like, Zach, hurry up. Come on, let's get this one out. I need to listen to it. And it was really helpful because we often center even like our civics in, you know, kind of just thinking from the federal government perspective, the state perspective. But, you know, uh, tribal governments are have sovereignty and are often fighting for sovereignty and have sovereign rights. And so Leilani really helped us rethink how you can think that in terms. And um, that's important when we're thinking about what government is. And, and so she gave us a great framework and it's based on 
her recent theory and research in social education article, but also her book. She just wrote a book about how indigenous students experience school. And so she's been a huge help for me. And I think one of the best things about the podcast is it's helped me grow a lot. Right? Yeah. Like we've had, I think, five episodes of our 128 have been on indigenous issues. And it's something that I'm just continually trying to work. I know if we just did one episode on that, that it wouldn't be enough. And so we've had, we want to have guests yeah. on continually to keep coming back to those issues so we can grow. And, and we still are. We're always growing. That's so. true. Sometimes older. Usually older. <laughs> Getting a little older. Yeah. Well, so Chris and I are part of Talking Social Studies along with Scott Padway and currently Chris Heffernan, our original kind of, I guess our guru, is that what we're going to call him? We'll call him that. That's nice. Um, yeah, that's the nice. Well, okay, yeah. The guy who made the phone calls. So Ryan O'Donnell is in Pleasanton, California. Isn't he in Pleasanton? No. Scott's in Pleasanton, Ryan's Somewhere in, in California. He's in California. See, this is a problem. We're all spread. <laughs> We're not even all in the same time zone. We've got three different time zones every time we record. So Ryan had this idea of there are, the pedagogy is out there, but the hallway PD seems to be what's missing. That conversation you have with the teacher in the, you know, in the next door, the teacher down the hall, and what did you do that worked and how do you approach that and just those those casual conversations because that as a classroom teacher is usually where my good ideas come out of but not everybody's as lucky as i am i have 26 people in my department that's crazy my school is huge we got 4,000 kids 10 through 12. so i get that hallway pd at a level that i've never gotten working anywhere else and chris you're by yourself right Yes, I'm online, and so <laughs> I'm only virtual. But uh, yeah, so I don't really have any colleagues that are in the building with me. I'm like our only full-time social studies teacher, and um, there's another full-time English teacher, and the rest of our teachers are uh, part-time. So, and they're wherever they live. <laughs> I mean, they're, most of them are in Indiana. But yeah, so it's it's challenging. So these times when we get together and Twitter are really like kind of my main ongoing professional learning opportunities from fellow social studies teachers. So yeah, I mean, it really just kind of started with this original crew of about four of us. And we start, okay, let's just talk social studies. And that's kind of what came out of it. Our format's not all that different than theirs. I mean, we do set up a show note in kind of go through, okay, this is what we're gonna talk about. We kind of set up three or four questions and try to end it with kind of things we saw in the news or things to wrap up. That original kind of chunk, we were aiming for 45 minutes to an hour and we decided that was too long. And so kind of 2.0 has been, the aim was that 25 minute drive home. What, what can we have in a conversation about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes on the ride home? So the new format is still kind of staying true to the purpose of that hallway PD, but really trying to, to dial it in, um, not go off track as much, because we do do that. We're all rabbit hole kind of folks. We all love what we do. <laughs> Sometimes we see an article or there's a current event that happens. Um, yeah, this spring um, in May, some of you may have remembered there was a, a, a lot of kind of a attention to an article that was talking about how people don't necessarily, or young people don't know very much about the Holocaust. And we were like, really? That seems important. And so we taught, we did an episode about that. And then we said, okay, who can we get to help us? Who might be willing to come on the show who are experts about teaching the Holocaust and teaching subjects that are emotionally difficult 
for the teacher and for students and how can we do that in a way that is effective at getting students to learn but also emotionally and you know socially safe for them so we reached out to um, facing history and ourselves we reached out to teaching tolerance we reached out to the united states holocaust memorial museum and I have and just said, you know, we have this little podcast and I have to say all three of them got back with us and got people with us. And so we had episodes, three different episodes, we kind of had a little series, yeah, series um, that we had uh, Jen Goss um, from Facing History and Ourselves. We had Kim, I want to make sure I get her name right, Kim Blevins Raleva from the uh, Holocaust Museum. And then we had Laura Tavares from uh, Teaching Tolerance. And they all had like different takes on aspects. Uh, um, from the Holocaust Museum, Kim focused on teaching anti-Semitism. Um, Jen focused on teaching the Holocaust in a way that is manageable, accurate, but also uh, takes students, their ages, and uh, emotions into account. And then Laura Tavares helped us with teaching current events but kind of coming from that same background as far as like, how can you teach about emotional current events in a way that helps students learn, but also doesn't devolve into bad things for everyone involved. So, you know, we try to keep things that are current, things that interest us that we think will interest other social studies teachers. Honestly, a lot of our, a lot of our episodes start with a Voxer conversation of, hey, what do you think about this? Because I'm kind of struggling with this in my classroom. And that's really, that that's our purpose, right? The hallway PD. Um, I'm always surprised that like we can reach out to somebody. Like the Holocaust Memorial Museum is gonna come sit and talk with a bunch of high school teachers. About, <laughs> you're like, this is so cool. It's that opportunity. And that's the, the beauty of, well, Dan, with your research with Twitter and mm -hmm. stuff, that's what you're looking at. It's just how you take your PLN and you grow it. Yeah, and so basically kind of our format, aside from, you know, we kind of use Voxer for our communication as far as like setting up when, what we want to talk about, when we're going to record. And you'll notice we have four people on our podcast. All four of us are rarely on an episode together just because logistically it's challenging. But usually we can't, we try to, we're trying to go to like uh, going every two weeks, but that doesn't always happen. October as, hit, you guys yeah. know how to, I mean, we're all in schools, right? October hits and you're like, <gasps> Um, right. I can't breathe. Yeah, so that got uh, that can get kind of challenging to stay on a regular schedule. But some of our earlier episodes were things like, you know, how do you use images and political cartoons and things like that with your students? And those are things that I frequently see people talking about on Twitter. You know, what can I do? What are good resources for finding political cartoons and images to use for social, you know, for social studies classes, U.S. history, world history, etc. So we really just try to think about, okay, we're social studies teachers. What do we struggle with? What do people want to hear about? How can we possibly? Or know well, about it's like school? having an intern. Like, well, yeah. what do you do for your intern? You have that conversation. Well, what if your intern doesn't have somebody like you around? How can you like, you know, bake that classroom and make it bigger? So yeah, our goal was the hallway PD. It's, it's casual. There's bad jokes in ours too. and. Nice. and Teacher I've been jokes. edited out. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, our most recent episode, um, you know, there's there's new research on the Tulsa race massacre about changing that language. And I just because I'm a, was an older student myself, went with the old language. And 
turned into a Voxer conversation of, Scott, I need you to edit that out. I'm going to send you an audio clip. I need you to change how I said about that because I said it wrong. And that's the good thing about editing and having that option is that you can fix things or if you're like, I really don't know that that came out the way I wanted it to. Then so it's kind of that reflective piece. And that's a good thing too. Like if you're planning on using podcasting as a way for students to demonstrate their knowledge, it's like we ask them to edit their writing. They can edit their audio too and make sure it sounds the way that they want it to, that they're actually saying what they want to say. If you click the Talking Social Studies icon, that will take you to our anchor page, I think. Ooh. Yeah. So that has, like, if you scroll down, it has the list of episodes. We were using a different hosting site, and we switched, like, this year, I think, to Anchor. And the nice thing is it also has, like, send us an audio message. So if you want to leave us feedback, you can give us a little audio message. And then uh, the other link that's on there is our new website, which is TalkingSocialStudies.com. No space is all lowercase. Um, and basically, it has a link to a Google Drive folder that has all of our show note documents. And basically, those are the things that we put together as we're planning our episode. And then we add in links to different resources for the listeners to be able to find and explore further. Yeah, so if we start own. talking about a news story, we're going to link that news story in there. Yeah. All right, so probably the meat of what a lot of folks are interested in is, is the how. How, right. do we, how do we do this? If you say same thing, I don't think we mentioned it, but if you go to visionsofad.com slash podcast, you can see all our episodes are listed. So that's the easiest way to kind of find, look through all of them and see if there's a topic. But we also have on the side here categories. Um, like I recently just added the indigenous category. Oh, and nice. so you can search and then you can go through the show notes for each of those. Cool. Cool, cool. So as far as how we podcast, so for us, when we started podcasting, we did research on what's the best mic we can get for a reasonable amount of money. And these are the ones that we landed on, uh, the Blue Yetis. They're pretty sweet. We also use Apple, we just use our headphones just to make sure that we're, why do we use headphones? Well, usually plug it in to make sure that there's not any echo. It can reduce oh, it reduces um, echo. echo. So sometimes when you record a podcast, you'll get the echo of the other people on the podcast. And so headphones usually reduce that. The one issue we've had, and these are just all things you kind of learn from experience, is that there's usually a, sometimes a mic. And it's it, this is if you're not usually using it with the audio being yeah. recorded by here. And so... I also have a Yeti. Michael gets, you don't have to lecture me right now, Michael. Yep. I know. I don't always use mine. Michael's like, why did we buy them? Right? I was like, well, that's a fair point. <laughs> sometimes Dan just uses his headphones. Yeah. And the annoying thing about this is because Dan has a beard. Yes. And so oftentimes his headphones will scratch on his beard and you can hear it and it's annoying. And there's, then we have to go back. There's one episode that happened on. I learned a lot from that one. Oh. But it also can happen to our guests on their clothing. And so basically if you're using headphones, there's a little mic that's going to be right around here. So it could hit a beard. It could hit your clothing here. And so sometimes I just tell people, you know, if you're just doing that, you actually just hold your headphones out. So the mic is off of your shirt. So it's like the little things you learn as you record it. But in short, I mean, you can have a nice mic and everything, but you can also do this, you know, with just your phone. Like I have recorded podcasts with my phone before with my students and we'll talk about it. So there's different ways to do it. There's all kinds of little tricks. Yeah. Like um, some teachers will record stuff where they'll use one of the little foldable like kind of bins that you can use and they'll set those up as like to capture the, the audio. The science trifold, the cardboard science yeah. trifold. Yeah. 
And so basically that will capture, that'll, that'll um, block some of the, uh, you know, echoing noises or other things you'd get in like a classroom. And so they'll use that to kind of record. And so there's a lot of little things you can, you can do. I mean, echoey rooms are a bit like the easiest thing you don't want to do. You want to find a room that doesn't have a lot of echoing in it. We're just, that'll sound bad. We're just talking about this. We both like the NPR politics podcast. And sometimes they'll record their podcast. They'll be in like the closet of a hotel room with a coat over them. One time someone was in the, in the airport with a coat over her just so she could block out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But that just so they can help make sure that the noise isn't just bouncing around the room. It just gives you better, better sound. And how fun would that be to have your students all around the room under their coat <laughs> recording a podcast just for fun? I mean. I'd love for the administrator to walk in at that moment. What What's happening here? You have. So when we started, you know, it's a bunch of high school teachers across the nation. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, pool of funding. We're just kind of shoestringing this thing. This is 10 bucks on Amazon. And it hooks in with an audio jack into your phone or into your computer. You want to explain what the mic is for the listeners? Like what, uh, type, what a, type of mic it is? Oh, what is this? This is and well, it's Zach's on, sound. It, hey. It's a little, it's got a red cord with an orange thing on the bottom. Uh, Amazon fine, 10 bucks. And we can link, we could link that on the slides, right? Okay. So we can yeah. link it and there's a picture on the slides. There, there is too. a picture on the slides. So, um, so but most of the time we're using the Apple iPod. Just, they have pretty good sound. Um, just pro tip that I learned, the car is a great sound studio. We there have some great video footage of we used to use Skype or not Skype, uh, Google Hangouts or YouTube Live, and so we would have all this video of our podcast episodes being recorded, and, at, and Amy would be waiting in her car while her kids were doing Taekwondo, and so then sometimes she would be driving home on the way, so we'd have this footage of I, like the streetlights going by, the car is sitting in the, the car, um, but hey, whatever. Everyone, so if you pay attention, you'll hear the blinker. Yeah. <laughs> So but that's yeah, your car makes a great sound booth. So that's hardware. As far as software, there's a couple of different things that we use. Um, we record through, so we, our podcast, we're obviously we're not in the same place, and then our guest is somewhere else. And so we use Skype, and then we record the audio from the Skype calls. Then we edit in Audacity, which is a free program. Um, and we did, we did have to buy a call recorder for Skype, but increasingly there's a lot of ways to just record your screen on a lot of yeah. stuff. So I don't think you'd need to buy that anymore, but we've still been using it. Audacity is if we had to learn how to, who, to edit. So we watched actually a lot of videos on how to edit using Audacity. And then we just played around with a lot of stuff. At yeah. one point, we're adding a lot of sound effects. There are crickets and, and applause lines, and <laughs> it was kind of fun. And then we publish our podcast from Audacity. We drop it in SoundCloud, and SoundCloud distributes it to, we have it linked up to uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and I think from there it's pretty much made its rounds because yeah. other people, other streaming services, like get it from those, and that's how you were on all these different places. And I think editing. The one thing I'll say about editing on Audacity is you, you just have a choice about how much editing you think you need. If you if it's on if you're going to start doing your own podcast and you're like I'd like to do this, but time's limited, and it is. Um, you know, you can choose to just play the episodes as they are. Um, what we essentially did is we created a little intro. We found some music on Free Music Archive, which I just recently has changed their site, but there was free open source music that was available there. And so we kind of came a little, had a little audio clip and you just basically layer the tracks. It's really simple. And then you go in and cut out, out stuff you want to get rid of. And it's amazing with real precision, like in the middle of a word, if there's a noise, I can like cut out the sliver of noise and not lose that word. 
And so it's really it's really not very hard. I think there's only like four, five or six functions that you have to do to basic editing. It's like oh yeah, it's we like cutting, the background moving noise. tracks, reducing, and and we don't even have to reduce background noise if we do get a good recording. Yeah. And so it's really didn't take that long to learn. I think we just watched a, a couple of the short Audacity ones and we knew how to do it. And then it's kind of trial or error. And then you have to decide if you can get speakers. I learned this who have a good speaking. Some people have a lot of. Oh, um, who went to Toastmasters? Yeah, we had one who went to. At the end of the episode, I was like, this is amazing. You don't use any ums or any other verbal cues. And she's like, yeah, I do Toastmasters. I was like, we're going to send everyone to Toastmasters for Because <laughs> it required like no editing. And, you know, but people are, are very different in that. And you just have to decide whether you want to take out all the ums. I've done it before. And that can be taking out every um. I've done it before in an episode. And it makes it a lot cleaner sound but it's also people usually don't care that much if you do it I, I listen to some big podcasts I listen to podcasts for hobbies and all kinds of stuff some of them don't have any editing these are like big companies and they don't even really edit theirs any so I think it's just a choice you make but there is something if you were doing this with students to learning to doing the editing a little bit I think it's kind of a fun process and some kids I think will get into it it almost like I can get into it and get in like a state of flow and like I will look up three hours later when I'm done editing oh God. And, but that's that's kind of the extreme version but I used to do that a lot when we had like more than four yeah if we had like three guests sometimes the editing would take like six hours yeah how are you doing editing We're, I, I think uh, the worst case about like four times as long as the, as the episode yeah yeah hearing Zach say the episodes four times as long makes me feel really guilty about our longer episodes so <laughs> we need to end this session <laughs> now no <laughs> um yeah well we we just went to anchor this earlier this year because our other hosting site well, we, money. It, it, they charged and Anchor didn't. And like I said, we're a couple of high school teachers. So we were looking for something that would be a little uh, more user friendly because usually Scott Padway is the one who does our editing. And we were wanting something that we could all not leave that completely in his lap. We could take turns with it. Um, new baby at the house. I mean, he needs to play dad too. So uh, we switched to Anchor. And so far, I've been really pleased with it. It seems to be working well and it pushes out to all the mm-hmm. podcatcher apps and things that shows up. I use Pocket Cast and everything shows up there. So it's, it's it seems to be working well. And from what I understand, that it's pretty user friendly. So if you wanted students to use it, it's... Your kids are probably already familiar with Anchor. But do just check the, you know, the rules as far as how old people are supposed to be or if you have a teacher account or however you're doing it, all those like privacy and student data considerations that you need to keep in mind. Don't want anybody to get in trouble by podcasting. <laughs> Anchor, uh, if I was doing a presentation, I was telling them this is what I do, but I recommend for you just to use Anchor. Anchor is simple. You can record and edit. You can transition. Like It is so simple. It's very user-friendly. And at the end of this presentation, there's a, I made a one-pager for them. So if you want the one-pager, just go to the end of the presentation on how to use, uh, use Anchor. It is pretty simple uh, and nice. It's so clean. It's really... Yeah. So we're curious what podcast you all listen to. So I think Chris has the list up where she found it because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the podcasts we listen to, but we'd like to start thinking about the ideas of different. I mean, because a lot of the podcasts are very different in the types of things they're doing, whether it's it's teacher strategies to content to current events. And so, Chris, what did what did we come up with? Okay. Well, there is quite a variety. Um, we have some current events podcasts like The Daily from The New York Times. It's mm-hmm. a great um, one. And I see that one listed a few times, the NPR Politics podcast. 
favorites. The Daily recently had an episode on um, the impeachment inquiry with a third grader on it. I don't know if anyone heard that, but if you didn't listen to it, so it was a third grader who had a lot of questions about it, and it was just a really fantastic to kind of hear the thought process of a young child trying to understand it. Although I think this kid is like not your average third grader. It was like <laughs> rather, it was rather impressive. He's like, they were like, do your friends want to talk about this? He's like, no, just me. And <laughs> so it was. So, but his questions were really good. Yeah, um, there are also some uh, teaching podcasts, like Cult of Pedagogy oh, yeah. is listed a few times. Mm-hmm. Also some history ones, like the 1619 podcast yeah. was identified a few different times. Then like Radio Lab, um, Pod Save America, This American Life, let's see, Unobscured. Oh, somebody put Talking Social Studies. <laughs> um, envisions of education. Oh my god. Okay, new one. Weird crap in Australia. I love it. <laughs> okay. Nice. So that like just sounds fun. And animals and yeah. It's the best. <laughs> I have a friend in Australia, and she's like, "You gotta listen to this. It's um these this married couple, and they have like 200 episodes, and they talk about their mistakes when mm-hmm. they're when they're filming. And so Matt will go, I'm totally off script, right? And his wife is like. He's going to screw this part up because it wasn't here. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, a lot of it's true crime, but they did one on the mini subs of World War II. Ooh. So, weird nice. so totally random, just weird. Yeah. No, Love all, it. All weird stuff in Australia. There you go. No, no, I have yeah. not come across that one, and now I am intrigued. <laughs> um, it sounds like some story ones, too, like uh, Night Vale, uh, um, West Wing. West Wing Weekly, that's another great one. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all over the place here. Um, yeah. And I, I think they serve such different purposes in our lives, right? Like I, some of the podcasts I listen to, I'm like, okay, I'm done working. Like I don't need more. And I, it's really about like a hobby or enjoyment. And there's funny ones I listen to. And so I think they can do a lot. So we're going to talk about different ways that you can use podcasts now. Um, and we'll start with talking about podcasts as professional development, right? So how can podcasts help you grow as a teacher. So the first category we have here is content podcasts. So I think we've mentioned a few of the ones that can be helpful here. Um, Cult of Pedagogy, as I know, is a popular one. Um, our, I don't know, our podcast, I think, would could, could qualify to that in, in some episodes, but you know, other episodes are more, more pedagogical, yeah. more about thinking about your curriculum. But we do occasionally like have the episode where, where we had the own a judge episode and learn, actually learned some history during the episode. What are some other content podcasts that really help you learn your history, geography? I mean, just the, the subject matter and topics that we need to know. I know that we've talked about this, but I'm crushing on Throughline. I love Throughline. Yeah, NPR. It, it's amazing. They they do episodes like they did one episode on Putin, on the rise of Putin. And it was so fascinating to see like how, yeah, it was just really absolutely fascinating. They did another, what's another really good episode they did? Um. The nice thing about their episodes is it does with history what we want to do as educators, with social studies educators, which is tie it to the present. Yeah. And that's the whole through line aspect of the of the podcast. There was one The Hong Kong one I thought was fantastic. Was it was all about like how so the protests in Hong Kong was linking that to the independence and, and when they got uh, taken back by the by the Chinese government. It was absolutely just so amazing to see well, the through line of history. Right. There's one on Iran as well. Like yes. The Iranian Revolution. And I mean, there's I think that was like episode two. It was so yeah, good. It was an early one. They do U.S. and world. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I highly recommend. It's a, it's a great one. Um, also, Stuff You Missed in History. Class. I say the kids mm-hmm. like that one. Yeah. Yeah. They have some great episodes. And the thing I like about theirs, too, is 
because they, I think they know that some teachers use them, is that it, they will usually say at the beginning of the episode, there is something that, you know, listen to this closely before you use it with students. There are some things that, you know, may be a little risky to use in a classroom. So that's helpful. Um, but they have some excellent episodes. Like they did a two-part one on redlining. I think they did a two-part one on Bayard Rustin mm -hmm. from the civil rights movement um, in dealing with him working in the civil rights movement, but also how like homosexuality kind of limited. Um, He's basically kicked out of the. He's the yeah. one who planned the March on Washington, but was right. essentially kicked out of the civil, civil rights movement for a couple of years because I think a senator actually threatened to accuse him and Martin Luther King of being gay and having a relationship. And they just used that as a threat that they were going to use. And so, you know, it's one of those difficulties in the civil rights movement, like King and other leaders had to decide his role. There's a great documentary on Bayard Rustin, too, yeah. called Brother Outsider. Yeah, and so there's, there's, I mean, and I like, what I like about them, too, is that it's U.S. and world history. So, I mean, there's so much world history as a world history teacher. I mean, you can't know it all. So if there's a topic, and, you, and usually they... Come up their with show interesting notes are, stories. Yeah, yeah, and their show notes are so helpful. Like there was a great one about the 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 Sepoy mutiny, oh, yeah, yeah. The Sepoy massacre or the Sepoy uprising, um, and then just like how awful the punishments were after that was put down by the British, and like just the reprisals against the the people in India after that, which I had I had no idea. I mean, I knew what I knew about the revolt, and then that it was, it took a while to put it down by the British, but I had no idea like the, what was done by the British afterward to really kind of like take revenge on the Indians that participated and their families and things. It was, it was awful. So, I mean, that was something that I could add to my lesson to tell my students. It wasn't mm -hmm. just that this ended and the British took over, but I mean, it was bad. I think a lot of podcasts, the thing is, is they're trying to tell a story that's interesting to people. And so they often push the boundaries of what we think of as our curriculum. And so they help us rethink our curriculum in a lot of ways. I was thinking about the This Land podcast, um, which has really followed a current court case um, about indigenous sovereignty and whether treaty rights are still being upheld. Um, and so that's just an interesting one that it made me rethink, like, are we addressing this issue in social studies? Where does it fit historically? How does it fit contemporarily? Um, it could be in a civics class, government class. It could be in a history classes. So I, I always think those help me think. But the 1619 has been a really good one for me. If you haven't listened to that one, that's been a great project. I know I was, I was telling earlier, me and my students in my social studies methods class, they had a newsletter that their district used. And, and we didn't even get past the, head, the, the title of it. It says, it's like some, has some kind of corny title and says, U.S. History, 1565 to present. So we spent an hour talking about the year that they chose and why they chose it. Because the whole point of the 1619 podcast is to really think about what is America, where does it start, and how does slavery influence our history? Well, 1565 is when the first permanent European settlement, Spanish settlement in St. Augustine, Florida. Why that year? Right? Well, whose, whose story? Why are we starting there? And so we actually came up with like 25, 20 different years. That was an hour of our class. 20 years that we could have chosen that would be different and whose perspectives they conveyed. And so um, just like all these podcasts help me rethink stuff like that. Yeah. So um, any other good content podcasts like learning history or geography or other things that you all want to suggest? Hardcore history. Hardcore history. I've heard, I've heard that one a few times. I haven't listened to it myself. But. Uh, more Perfect. The oh, I love More Perfect. More cases. Tremendous. So more perfect. I'm gonna re I'm re saying these so to make sure we get them picked up. Yeah. Uh, I do constitutional, which is like 
Fresh air. Yeah. That's another great one. Any other ones? There, yeah. For U.S. Uh, backstory and mm-hmm. American history tellers. Backstory and American history tellers. Great. We'll have to, we'll try to get these all down. Like we can add them to our show notes. There's yeah. actually a list and we'll try to link to them. So after this session, if you go back and look at the show notes, we'll have that all. That's one thing we try to do is make it easy. If you listen to the episode, you don't have to take notes or anything. You just go in the show notes. It's like, oh, there's the link to the thing. So we always try to get that done afterwards. So. Code switch. Code switch is really helpful. White Lies was so interesting that, yeah, that's another NPR one. So then current events, I think we've talked about a little bit, right? Um, We've mentioned The Daily, I know, is one that some people have listened to. Is there other current events podcasts we want to suggest to each other? My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. Interesting. I haven't haven't heard that one. Yeah, I'm like, hmm. Others? We like NPR Politics Podcast. We talk about it often. Michael turned me on. That was like my gateway podcast into the podcast problem that I have now. <laughs> so thanks, Michael. Every once in a while, I do feel like a little bit of stress. I'm like, I'm behind on my podcast, even though I like love it so much. And I'm like, I'm like five days behind. The new ones are coming out on, you know, I this keep week. Up. Yeah, so. I forgot a content one. It, Anybody listen, and it was a very short one. It was only like six episodes. So if you're looking for a short one to get into, Bagman that Rachel Maddow did about Spiro Agnew. It was amazing. You can't use it with your students. There is too much cursing in it. But as far as like background for yourself, then you can then kind of be like, oh, I've added this to my content. But it was an amazing series. Slow Burn is also really good. They had one series on Nixon. They had one series on Clinton and Whitewater. And now they're doing one on Tupac and Biggie. It is fascinating. I will say I do. Um, I listen to a lot of tech podcasts. And if you consider that content, I mean, tech has a weird place in social studies. It's like we talk about tech integration, but not thinking about technology. And there are so many good ones. I can give you a list. I'll add them on the show notes. But I've been listening to Reset, which is a new one that just came out. And it's been blowing my mind. I listened to a, a really good episode about facial recognition technologies. And it's all I mean, it's civics. It's civics and government. Like it's bringing up new questions in the digital realm that we've been asking. And so there's a lot of the, you know, I listened to one the other day. Um, I listened to Kara Swisher's podcast on technology, if you've ever heard. And I went back and listened to the Edward Snowden one. And he had a line that the American Revolution was about liberty and the internet revolution is about privacy. And they're actually really not that different. And so I, I was a really interesting way to frame it. And so that's what podcasts do for me often is reframe it. But if you want some tech podcasts, I have like, I've listened to like 10 of them and they all have a lot, but a lot of them are really about the social effects of technology, which is I actually think the work we should be doing in social studies. I I did a session this morning, but kids are on their phones all the time, right? We're on our phones all the time. What's happening? Who designed the app? Why are they designing it so we stay on it longer? Where's our data going? Like all these things I think are social studies topics that we often don't get into. And the tech podcast make me think of so many new questions to ask Mm -hmm. students and investigate with students. I think there's another suggestion. Uh, Ruben Report. Ruben Report. Okay, Joe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're long. I have the one of my students recommend to me the Joe Rogan episode with Renee DeResta. If you're curious about the Russian disinformation stuff, she was one. She's written reports um, for the Senate on it, and it's absolutely fascinating. And so that that's the one I'd listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel now to listen to it, 
So Ellen Middow, who is a former guest on our podcast and and does really great work uh, around understanding youth activism and citizenship, said that a lot of it's important to know what kids are listening to. And Ben Shapiro has been popular. And so understanding that they're getting that perspective and considering what that means for you as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, Important. Important. Yeah. There's um, we're we're from Austin, so we have a very active uh, NPR station. And so the two best that we like to listen to is um, Texas Standard, which does a lot of just what's going on in the state of Texas, mm. everything that's going on with the wall. They do a lot of stories on also international things uh, with Mexico. And then the other one is called Higher Ed, and it was founded by um, by one of the, the local um, KUT personalities, but also um, <laughs> Ed Berger, who was the or currently is the president of Southwestern University. So it's a play on his name. But they just sit and they discuss what's going on in education. I just added both of those. I'm so I'm in Texas and and uh, that second one especially. I was just telling one of my colleagues they should start that podcast. You just explained, so I guess they're off the hook now. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah, that's a great one. So if we didn't get it, was teaching, teaching, hard. Te- teaching hard history. And yeah, um, it's it's fantastic. I agree. Yeah. There's, a, there's a guy in the UK called Sargon. Mm-hmm. You can see Sargon at the time, but he just looked like Sargon there. He also has one called Thinkery, and he's out of the UK and does a lot of uh, analysis for the political culture. And uh, he also does analysis in the US as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to get that outside perspective. Yeah. Thinkery by Sargon. We got that, yeah. There's also, Yes. So uh, the podcast was called Lost Highways. Lost Highways. So local history podcasts, including Lost Highways and the great, great one on Japanese internment and yeah, there's, you know, one of my, the most interesting ones I know of is um, the uh, Oakland is a, is a hashtag that Oklahoma teachers use to talk about education. It's very popular, probably just because Oklahoma teachers have to deal with a lot of crap. Um, I'm, I'm from, I taught in Oklahoma, so I, I can speak to that. But they have literally a podcast that summarizes what happens on their Sunday night chats called Oklahoma and I just thought that was kind of creative. That's so they, they do, they kind of look at what happens in the chats, use that a form to discuss things happening in, in schools and the state and things like that. Nice. So, um, and so one thing, one idea we wanted to kind of present or throw out here is the idea, you know, a lot of times we think about how we learn and grow as teachers. And we thought podcast PLCs could be, could have some real possibility for schools as something to think about or for districts or for groups. And so the idea that essentially you teachers could agree to listen to podcasts and think about how do we implement this in curriculum? How do we just even maybe just talk about it? Maybe you don't have to turn it into curriculum always, but create this kind of environments where you're talking about things. And so this little late, this little picture on right below there that you can't see, if you go to the later slides, there is a framework for this I kind of developed with Jeff Carpenter and Tori Trust. We have an episode with them on Visions of Ed. Um, but they're researchers I've worked with where we've kind of tried to talk about that. You know, when we think about what 
professional development is we often have a very limited notion of what it is and it's like formal professional development that the district provides other things and we've said why not allow these online learning spaces to start counting for professional development and just thinking about if somebody wants to you can you can use those to, and then bring them back to your district or do it together and so i think you know podcasts could fit into that you know and so we have a little framework with this is a bunch of questions about you know, who do you learn from? Where do you learn? And what are you learning? And it's just a way to think through how that serves the purposes of professional development, which, you know, should be ongoing. And you check in to see how you're doing it and how you can work that work that out with your teachers to be beneficial. But that's just one thing we wanted to kind of put forward. Well, and with that, beyond just PLCs, I mean, we're, we're using learning management system. I know my district is using Canvas as our platform with the, with the kids and with the staff. Um, so I, I'm in courses where I'm the instructor, but I'm also in courses where I'm the student and with the PD. Oftentimes it's knee jerk to go to the text box and have to have that asynchronous conversation. But pr I know Canvas just because I work with it, but there's a button. It can be an audio recording and it can be that kind of asynchronous piece for conversation. What's beautiful about the audio part of it is I can keep up with my PD session in my car when I'm driving my kids to the dojo because I can just press play and be listening to it, which I might not be, you know, if it's text, I, that has to wait until I'm sitting somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then with the kids as well, as far as podcasting for education, CNN 10, my, my daughter, my middle school daughter comes home and talks about how they use CNN 10 in classroom. Some podcasts that some students have created, Erin Barnes uses with her kiddos, it's the Emancipation Podcast Station. And they talk <laughs> about American history and the kids, she has kind of a, a different setup. She's got kind of an online setup. So she's got kids in multiple grade levels. And so what each kid's doing within that is different spiraling skills. But the kids talk and teach other kids about American history, which is interesting. And they use Anchor as well. I put StoryCorps, oh, StoryCorps. StoryCorps in there because it's a great launch pad for teachers who want to use podcasts with their kids because it comes with lesson plans and support materials and all that stuff. So it kind of is a good like starting place. There's uh, later on in the presentation, the New York Times had a great, they had a great resource for using podcasts in the classroom. And so I put this later on, a link to it. They have a couple different lessons that teachers can uh, adapt to bring to their class. And they're looking at some of their podcasts, how they set it up in getting students to tell stories. So that could be a good resource for teachers who want to bring that to their students. One of the things I've done with my kiddos is I teach AP World History and writing is a difficult thing to get them to catch their mistakes in. It's hard to catch your own mistakes, but when you read it aloud and you hear it, you catch it. You become a better writer when you're reading it aloud. Mm. You're like, that doesn't sound right. Then you go back and fix it. So having kids do an audible dbq they still have to you know go through the documents they still have to create that thesis in that format but then when they record it they start picking up on their mistakes and then they fix it before i ever get it that's great nice yeah and it's quick i mean i can listen to those again when i'm on the move <laughs> and i think i mean podcasts can be a form of, of, of all kinds of assessments right i mean thing with creating you're, they're creating media for you and sometimes i think of podcasts as a way to solve educational problems so one thing um, I was, you know, it comes up in every class is the first name of class. You don't know how to pronounce every student's name. And so a couple of things I've done in my class, I do like these name, these pronunciation name cards. We create and we write the pronunciation out of our names and I have everyone do it. I think it's important. Um, I always say for names, like you don't want to spend class time talking about whether someone's name is hard to learn, right? You don't, I think that's the wrong notion of like whose name is 
you know, everyone knows and who's doesn't. So my, my pedagogical solution was, I do this sometimes on the second day of class because I give them time to think about it or I'll send them a message. But what I do is I ask them to come up with a name story. And I give them a lot of options because students have all kinds of different relationships to their name, right? Um, and so they can tell me about what their name means to them. They can tell me about bad experiences with their name, like potentially even people like have, who have made fun of their name in, in you know, their lives, um, what it means, why their parents named them that or what they don't know about their name. They really can choose anything. I just have a couple rules. One, you can't mispronounce your name in it because one of our purposes is to learn your name. So they can't, I learned that the first time I did it. I was like, okay, now I've got both in my head that you did. Um, and so they do, they do them about 30 seconds is what I have. And so I have my whole class do it. I take them all. And so what I do in that class is I just have my phone. I do one, I'm the first one. I always say, hi, my name is Dan. And uh, my full name's Daniel, but I don't like the yo part of it. It just doesn't always roll off my tongue. But that's what my mom calls me, so I guess I like that part of it, right? And so I just tell some kind of story. Um, I just made that one up on the spot. I haven't used that before. But it, so you tell a story about your name. So it's a way to get to know each other. And students, their names are often cultural. And so you learn a lot about that and their pronunciations. But what I do is I actually re-listen to that podcast at the beginning of the year until I know everyone's name and the pronunciation that they say. So I don't try to learn the pronunciation in front of them. I listen to the podcast and learn it. And I make sure that I say all of their names, you know, the way that they say them. And I just don't accept that their name is hard for me to say. I mean, what, who's, who's, whose names are we valuing when some names are too hard to say? And I think that happens in schools. And I've seen teachers who refuse to say students' names correctly. And that really bothers me a lot because that's one of the first most important parts of your identity. And so I think we should honor all students' names and let them tell their stories. And that's, um, you know, one part of like, you know, my classroom I do. And it's really cool. And they're, you know, depending on your class sizes, how long they are. But then I also write out the order of them and I give them access to it. So if they need to learn someone's name in their class, they have the link to it and they can go back and listen to it. And I edit out anything they do so they feel good about it, too. So and it doesn't it doesn't take that long. Usually their stories are really good. And um and I just, you know, you can avoid them like bumping the phone. Like I'm like, pass the phone softly and I won't have to edit out the bump noise from each person when you hit the <laughs> mic. And so you just learn like these little things as you do it a few times. But the Name Story podcast, I'm happy to share my little assignment. It's really simple, but it's a great beginning of the year thing that I've always really enjoyed and helps me know names. Well, we've, I mean, we've talked a lot about the secondary stuff, but some elementary school ideas that I've seen, um, it was an iPad in the classroom. And it was about, I think I've talked about this before, but about a first grade, kindergarten, first grade level room. And the kids were giving directions on how to get from the house to the school. Mm -hmm. Well, you're working on multiple skills there. You know, they're dealing with the technology. They're talking about directionals. They're labeling items in the picture. I mean, you can hit several things at once and the kid just records giving you the directions. One teacher I know in Oklahoma, um, Shelly Fryer, so I was thinking of her name, Shelly Fryer, I know she has her students do podcasts, and if I remember correctly, I think at the end of the week, a different student each week summarizes what they did that week, and it's a podcast for parents. And so the kids all get a chance to work on that skill, and they do it, and then the parents all have access and can listen on their way home about what their kids did that week. And so having kids podcast in all kinds of ways can be a cool way to have them participate in class. Um, I've sometimes even used it for when people miss class. I asked them to go, I'll ask them to go interview other people in the class to learn about it and submit it back to me. And so that's kind of the way they know, I know that they got caught up instead of me having to go do that and they can talk to their classmates and learn from each other. 
So, so there's a lot of ways you can use it. I think the last one we had there is that, you know, as administrators or supervisors, you know, you could create, you could do the same thing we're saying that these teachers did in their class. You could create them for your community, right? If people want to know your, your school district or anything, you sit down, do a 10 minute podcast about, hey, here's initiatives, opportunities, things happening in our district. Like we want you to know about them. This PD is coming up. Here's a preview of it. You know, you could even ask if you're bringing people on campus for a PD, you could ask them to make a minute audio file clip, send it to you, and then you could include it in that podcast. I know you're going to make me do that now, right? We're both in Denton, so there we go. I just made work for myself. Well, and uh, he was over English before he left the state, but Josh Flores used to do PD on your plan. Mm -hmm. And it was 15, 20 minutes. Um, He was a state secondary ELA guy, and he would 15, 20 minutes. This is what's going on at the state level. This is what we're doing. This is what we're focusing on this week. And it was there. I mean, we've got the one-room schoolhouse scenario out in the panhandle still, so the kids... They get the same benefits that kids that are in big cities like Tulsa get. And any suggestions or other ways educators can use podcasts that you guys thought of that maybe we haven't? I have thought about using this um, with elementary teachers. Mm-hmm. Because, like, mm-hmm. Being able to see the projections for uh, a student or even you know, like one of So they would create the podcast and for while they're reading, so basically reading out loud. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. It makes that makes it makes me think about a social studies thing. One thing I've heard about people um, that people have done to I know um, some of the Stanford History Education Group people have done this, where they do read alouds, and so using podcasts as a way to give students a series of documents and be like, okay, you have one minute, ex- you know, tell me, explain these documents. And there, you could have a question, guiding question, or something, but it could be again a form of assessment instead of always doing a written assessment or other things. I like the assessment. The thing I like about listening to things is that your hands are free. And so you're like listening to it and you just write all your feedback. And like when that one ends, you're like done with it and you're on to the next one. So it can actually be fairly efficient than like grading where text you have to like add comments. You have to stop what you're doing. So there's a little, I don't want to say multitasking because I always tell my students it's not multitasking, it's attention shifting. Like you're not paying attention anymore. You just have that up. Um, I know it's very, that's like my. That's my old man saying. <laughs> for uh, actually, when I did the re- for when I do the research paper, one of the steps I have is students talk about their research, and they're just recording themselves. And it's interesting because listening to that again, it, it actually it saves me a lot of time because I can just listen to and give feedback on the same way. And a lot of times, I would hear them audibly make connections as they were talking about it. It was kind of fascinating. Actually, at one point, because I was writing, I was doing a uh, for my grad school, I was doing a paper on it. I would like keep tabs every time the students would say, oh, and it happened quite often in these little things. Well, universities do that. They call it the three minute thesis challenge. Ooh. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we've got, oh, we have another one. Yeah. I was going to ask a different question, but can you talk more about how you do that and having, like, how do you actually have kids record? How do you have them send to you? Or oh, yeah. And we have, we have an episode yeah, on that, right? That's so episode number that was two. That what he did for episode two is he talked about that. So, so very quickly, <laughs> our learning, we use Google. Uh, yeah, we use Google Classroom. And so students, we're in a one-to-one school district. And so students recorded their, they could record on like with the sound file on their phones or on the iPad. And they would just submit that to the assignment on uh, Google Classroom. And then I would just listen to it. And it actually, I could listen to a double speed too, or a speed and a half. And so I was able to actually do it pretty quickly uh, and give them feedback like right away. It would take me uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half to do like 40 kids. Yeah. And so I was able to get them feedback a lot quicker than if I had to read uh, everything. 
So it was helpful for me. I don't understand the people who are able to listen to double speed pod podcasts. I'm like, I feel like that would be just really stressful. Good to the good for them. some people do it. I've heard even higher than double speed. I don't understand what's happening there. Do you have any other questions based on that? So the assignment was you have students talk about their research. Yeah. Yeah, where they're where they're at so far. I actually had them do it at two different times. At one point, they're just talking in general about the research. On the second one, they're audibly talking me through their outline before they went and submitted a formal outline. So this way, they can get feedback on that step prior to getting to uh, writing it out. Uh, I give the yeah, I can give the feedback right in Google Classroom. It was pretty simple. Can you explain what you mean, like engage? So you you've been creating, like doing like many little lectures previously, no, I, or no? I'm not making. I'm just using like you're curating. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I wonder if uh, having them um, respond, do a podcast response, and maybe they all don't need to. Maybe like if you do podcasts periodically throughout the semester, you assign a couple to get together in a group and work on their little ones and try to like maybe use that some of the things from that podcast and they can even talk. I always like to talk about like what actually did you learn about the medium, like how they use music, how they use other stuff, and then what did you decide to use that are decision-making processes. So maybe like short, like you know, you listen to like a 15 minute podcast, maybe they do like a two minute response to that podcast with you giving some guidance or some questions. Just, I don't know, that's just an idea off the top of my head. I don't know if that would be helpful. So this is a couple of things that I've done. So backstory is fantastic. They did have this great story, a great episode on reconstruction, but it was too long to give them the entire thing. So I broke it up into sections, which is great because they actually break it up into sections. And so there are different things that each, like there's kind of a similar pattern. And so they needed to tell their portion of the story to the people listening to the other parts. And so they're looking for connections. How is the story of reconstruction? And kind of audibly telling that to uh, giving that story to the other students. Uh, and the next one is with the Uncivil pod. Uncivil is an amazing podcast about the Civil War. And so for this one, the students created a visual. So they had a presentation. There was all visuals based up that they had to create that was based on the podcast that they heard and they had to have a hook they had to tell that you know present that to the other students and so that was actually pretty fun uh, and that's a great podcast too those are just two things that i've done uh, i wonder too i haven't used this but there's a an app called synth um, s-y-n-t-h and it only allows you to record 256 seconds i think of audio so you could like have students and I think that it's kind of threaded so they can hear what somebody else is saying and then respond, um, kind of like Boxer or something. But um, it's designed for education. Um, but that way students could, you could say, okay, listen to this podcast and then here's the link to this synth thread and record your reaction to what you learned or summarize like three key takeaways that you took from the podcast, something like that. And then they could hear each other um, and then you could just buzz through listening to them. Um, do you um, do you ever do Socratics with your kids? Yeah. So why not do a Socratic asynchronously? Does that make sense? Kind of. So if they've got those guiding questions, and then how do they respond, and then how do they build off each other? 
from that. Now, the, the, the trick is, is you're going to have to have them do it from the beginning and then come back later because the first kid's not going to get what the fifth kid said. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to come back to it. But it would be interesting to have them listen and do an initial response and then come back in class and go deeper into that discussion. Yeah, and it could be an interesting thing, too. Like, I know in our, I'm in Indiana right now. The big thing about e-learning days for, like, when there's a snow day or something like that. I mean, that could be an interesting way to have students kind of connect with each other or demonstrate their learning in a different way besides you having to grade a whole bunch of written stuff. Um, and as our society becomes more media heavy, it seems like, or different sorts of media, I think it's great for kids to think about not just how they write things out, but also thinking before they speak. And as far as like our communication with each other and being civil, like civil interactions and things. So if students have a 256 second time limit or something, they really have to think before they start talking. And then they want to think about what they're going to say and how they're going to say it. So I think those are valuable skills just for civic discourse as well for students to learn. Um, as well as kind of like the storytelling piece and planning and that kind of thing. So we're near the end of our session. We have less than 10 minutes left in this session. And so we want to talk about podcasting and you. I had a, my, when I first taught, we had this old book that should have been gone for years that called Social, Sociology and You. And it was like cheesy pictures on it and stuff. I'm like, oh my, this is like kind of what I thought stereotypically school textbooks would look like. Um, so that's the inspiration for this slide. But what we'd like to do is allow you to talk to people around you. Um, if you don't even want to talk to, we can come and join you. But here's the thing, the catch. If you've never tried to podcast before, I think that sometimes it's kind of feels like this big, scary thing, but it's just talking, right? It's just like talking to other people. And so the way I would start this was, you know, I, I went to this, you know, NSSA session about podcasting. And I think the podcasting I want to do in my class is right? And you just can tell us. So what we'd encourage you to, you don't have to do whatever you want, um, but is to get out your phone and you can put it, find your recording device on your phone. Almost all phones will have one and hold it, get a, find a few people and have a short, like two to three minute conversation about what you would like to do um, in your classroom and you can record it. And if you're brave enough and want to, you can share it with us um, using the, the anchor.fm site. You can share that audio and we can even include it on as part of the podcast as we edit it back together. Some of the ideas that you all have. So if you want to give that a try, it's a short discussion with people near you about what you think you want to do, but you can record it too. And you can also see we have several of some Gmail accounts that are linked to Google, you know, drive account. So you could also share it that way if you wanted to, if that was easier. So, so we'd like to let you guys talk with each other and talk with someone near you real quickly about how you're going to do this and kind of think about how do you take this session into your classroom.